This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Talking about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo, tabbouleh, potatoes, and vegetables, with roasted garlic and basil, zucchini, ziti, granola, fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, hilarious comedian, writer, digital producer, the current social media editor at New York Magazine. We met because he edited and helped me with my Grub Street diet piece, and I thought he was a pretty fun dude. So here he is. Please welcome Zach Schiffman. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course, Zach. It was very fun to meet you, and I went down a nice little rabbit hole of uh, your your food content, and I was like, Zach is, Zach is more than just an editor. This guy, is, he bamboozled me. He's a, <laughs> he's more comic than editor. It's funny because when it comes to the grub diets, it really like depends. It's like I, it's a lot of them is like they'll say buy Zach Schiffman, where it's like, for example, with yours, it was like I changed a few things. But then for some people, it's like, oh, I'm like pulling teeth to find out where they went to eat. So it's like really the right. buy is like so vague. Right, right. Okay, so let's get into your fridge before we start talking Grub Street and New York Magazine and all that. You guys can see Zach's fridge on my Instagram at StandUpDan. All right, we got a, we, it's a, it's a single dude's fridge is what I'm guessing here. I do um, have a roommate, so some is not mine. Okay, so this is a roommate fridge. Uh, I don't see any lineation as whose is whose. It seems like controlled chaos. Take me through this. We'll start with the top row here. Um, you've got two cold brews. Those are mine. First of all, all the labels are, are willy-nilly, <laughs> okay? Nothing is facing out. We got your cold brews up top. Uh, we have a half a lemon slice just, like, perched up on the vegetable broth. You know, for someone in the food world, I expected more, Zach. Well, it's so there is sort of a delineation in that it's, like, sort of the right side is mine, sort of the left side is my roommate's. You're, it's funny because, like, there are... Uh, 
she always wishes it was more organized, but then it is always chaos on both of our parts. Wow, now I'm like humiliated seeing the label. Ah, oh, thinking about all of this. The lemon, it's so funny because the lemon is normally hers. Like she's always drinking hot lemon water. But the lemon in this case mm-hmm. is actually on my side. And those are my lemons from something I made the other day where I didn't need the full lemon. I think I made a salad and I, I think that, but yeah, it was from a salad. But like I, those lemons are mine actually. Uh, the cold brew is mine. Uh, I drink so much of that stuff and it's i belong to a food the park slope food co-op if you are familiar where it's much cheaper and they had like a big sign this cold brew and they had a big sign that said no backstock so i was like okay gotta buy a few of these wait what does no backstock mean i don't even know what that means it means like the co-op the grocery store co-op does not have a backstock of this so they're probably not going to be carrying that this cold brew that i like any longer for a bit oh got it so i had to stock up because i probably will go through one of those bottles every two days which is way too much i have like a drink like two giant cups of that in the morning which is so bad for me probably probably so bad for me but maybe okay every like every two years the new york times is like coffee is amazing for you and i'm like okay i'll take it and then every two years they're like it's actually really awful for you like they they go back and forth on coffee that like little like box on the New York Times homepage where they talk about health things, I think is one of the scariest places on the internet because they like seemingly like find <laughs> studies like out of nowhere. Like I think that they have someone who's like, let's just find whatever study we can for today. I feel like there's a war on alcohol lately. A lot of these studies are like, there's absolutely no redeeming quality to alcohol. I don't care if it's red wine. I don't care what it is. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to believe that at all. Really? Wow, now I'm going to get so, like, galaxy-brained one minute into this podcast. But it's probably because, like, these, like, non-alcoholic spirits are, like, sending them money to pu- publish those things. <laughs> down, I will get down with that conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately getting to the conspiracy theory about it. The broth, both of those broths should be thrown out. I think that neither of us can decide whose broth it is. And I don't I don't think I've used broth in a while. So both of those broths definitely are not good anymore. It should be thrown out. That's the only thing in there that, like, definitely should be thrown out. But broth is, like... You're like, oh, what if I need it? It's like, well, then it's a month later. You're not going to use it. I'm so over broth. Honestly, nine times out of ten, you can just use water and you'll be fine. Or, and the bouillon stuff. I love the bouillon stuff. Yeah, the bouillon stuff is good, too. Um, and then what is this? Is this like a hot sauce? That is a hot sauce that we share. That's communal hot sauce. It's a brand called Tango. I wish you could see the label. But it's so good. And that is like we trade off buying it. It's I usually put it on avocado but it's really good on anything. It's like this like sort of sweet hot sauce. Very good. Tango. Fun. And then uh, we go to the second row here. So I'm cutting it in the middle here. I'm assuming yeah. that you're on the right and she's on the left. Yeah, I'm on the right. Correct. She's Gentile. So she's not going to have smoked whitefish salad. Uh, and so that's my smoked whitefish salad that I get. <laughs> I go through a tub of that a week. Um, okay. Cottage cheese, which I eat a lot of. Really? Why? Um, I've honestly, I've been eating, I've been cottage cheese. Like, I feel like it's a big on TikTok right now, but I've been eating cottage cheese since high school and I used to get made fun of because I didn't like, like for two years of high school, I didn't have a lunch because I was taking too many courses. This is hundred percent true. I was in three different courses when I was in high school and there's nothing I can do about that now. And so instead of having a lunch period corral, which was the big chorus, I would just eat my lunch during chorus, which maybe was unsafe during like while I was singing. And I would always eat cottage cheese every day. Like, I would eat, like, a container of cottage cheese every day. And everyone would be like, that's disgusting. And I'd be like, no, it's actually amazing. You're wrong. And I'm, like, being really smart because, like, I can swallow this quickly and then stand up to sing. (laughs) And every Wednesday, my chorus teacher would also eat cottage cheese. And we had cottage cheese Wednesdays, which I thought was a beautiful connection we had. Yeah, I've been eating cottage cheese forever. But now on TikTok, people are, like, blending it a bunch and, like, putting chocolate in it. But I think cottage cheese is a savory thing. Like, I like to put... 
like salt and pepper, olive oil, and like za'atar or something on cottage cheese. And I think it's just good with crackers or with a spoon. That's pretty fun. I mean, I feel like I don't think I've ever had it and enjoyed it. I think every time I've, maybe I'm just not adding, I'm not zhuzhing it. Yeah, you have to zhuzh it. And I also think people think it's like with melon. I'm like, well, that's disgusting. I think you have to eat it savory. That's right. I don't know where it's like prosciutto with melon is a fun combo. Cottage cheese and melon is just god awful. Like who wants dairy with, I don't know. It seems like something a hotel like breakfast came up with. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if you sold it to me because you were like, it's great because you can have it real quickly and then sing. I don't think <laughs> I'm going to be in that predicament anytime soon. <laughs> And then over here, is this like a dolme? Yeah, that's grape leaves. And I normally, I, I like, before I belonged to this like grocery co-op, I got them all the time. But the grocery co-op I belong to has really bad grape leaves. And so, but I went to Whole Foods the other day and I was like, I have to get them. So I do have grape leaves and I will, I like, I'm obsessed with the, with the ones from Whole Foods. And then is this like a fancy, this is the cottage cheese or this that's is the cottage fancy cheese. yogurt? Okay, got it. What are these? Those are full-fat yogurt for something I'm making for dinner either tonight or tomorrow. What are you making? I'm making like a lemon dill meatball. Huh. Whenever my ch- chicken that I think it's maybe thawing in there. I don't remember if it's in there. Whenever my chicken thaws, I will make those meatballs. Wait, so you're thawing out a chicken and then you're going you're gonna to pulse it to turn it into meatballs? No, I have ground chicken. Oh, yeah, here it is on the bottom. Ground chicken that I'm going to, whenever that, it's been frozen for like um, two months. But whenever that thaws, I'll make meatballs. Okay, gotcha. And then back here, I'm assuming this is Lebna? Yes, I love that. I love Lebna so much. I, my roommate always says that she's like, I'm, I'm always eating some combination of like pretzels and white cream, which is either cottage cheese or Lebna or this is the whitefish salad. Like I'm always eating some sort of like cracker pretzel and white cream. Like that is my go-to meal always. Okay. Then we go to the bottom row here. Humongous, very phallic English cucumber. Yeah, that's more phallic than the white cream. That is. There's a lot of white cream and long cucumbers <laughs> in this <laughs> Yeah, these are English cucumbers. I thought they were Persian cucumbers for a long time, and it gave me a lot of Persian pride that we had such big phallic cucumbers, and then I realized, no, they're, they're the English ones, and ours are actually pretty small. For some reason, small cucumbers, to me, they don't have the right... They're not crispy. Yeah, I get it. I get it. They don't have the same crisp. I don't know if we're talking about cucumbers anymore. (laughs) And then this is a bag of, I'm going to guess, ramps? It's dill for the meatballs. Uh, But those are really hefty roots, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never seen dill roots. Is that That's some co-op shit right there. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, look, it's a decent fridge. It's not awful. It's not the best we've had. It's not the worst we've had. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. I don't know what kind of rating I'm going to give this, but uh, just... Keep an eye out on the Instagram, and we will see the rating. Uh, but uh, well done. Thank, thank you, you for sharing thank you. your fridge with us. Now, what is your title for, for Grub Street exactly? My title is social media editor, but Grub is very small. There's only five of us, so it's very much like I do a lot of the Grub diets. I like we're all, It's very small, so it's very amorphous. But I'm social media editor for Grub and then also for Curbed, which is like the New York City site. And then I blog a lot for them, too. I will say, I don't normally read my comment section on anything I put up stand-up-wise or whatever, because it's always just, like, awful, awful for my self-esteem. It's like, wow, the voice in my head is right, it, and, it's, and it's commenting on everything. But my comment section for the Grub Street Diet, I, uh, it was a good one. It was good. A lot of love. And the comments on the Grub Diets are normally not that, like, I, I took a look at yours. I didn't even know we had comments until I did someone's Grub Diet that was, like, profoundly boring. 
And the comments were like, does X person have any joy in their life? Like the person, they were just like ripped the person to shreds and they were right. But yours, people, like, then that was how I discovered the comments. And people, well, you have, like, this incredibly dynamic, like, story. Like, I think people were thrilled. It was a wild story. Applebee's made an appearance in my grub diet, which uh, I never thought it would, but a car accident got me there. <laughs> but you have something that you do in front of the camera that I was like, oh, this is such a fucking good idea. I'm forgetting the name of the segment, but it's basically, like, waiting for a restaurant reservation, or, like, not having a reservation uh, you go into like a super popular restaurant and you time it to see how long it takes to get a res. Yeah, it's called Impossible Tables. It was originally called, I think, The Wait. And then we changed it because it was like, that seems too vague. But, uh, and there's, I'm sure, going to be places where there's not actually a wait. Um, but yeah, it's going to be called, it's called Impossible Tables. So far, I've been to two places. I'm going to my third next week. Yeah, it's where I just, I wait as long as possible. I think it's also this thing of like, so far, every estimate they've given me has been shorter than I thought. I went to Bad Roman, and they told me four hours, and I got a table at less than two and a half. And then I went to Lilia, and at Lilia, they basically were like, no chance unless you sit outside in the cold. And then I got a table in an hour 45. So. Okay, so many questions. The balls on a host or a hostess to say four hours is nuts to me like what do they say it with a straight face are they like i'm so sorry this is gonna sound crazy but it's a four i can't believe i'm gonna say it four hour wait like any self-awareness at all around that bad roman wanted me dead the entire time like they were like how dare you think you can come here and because like there is a bar and which by the way i got it like i got a was offered a bar table which i didn't want i wanted a real table i was offered a bar table in like 12 minutes so like when i turned down the bar table they like basically had a gun ready for me and also i will say this like i couldn't say this in the video obviously and i can't say this officially from grub street's point of view but also it was a quoted four hour wait for one of the worst meals i've had in new york city like an unbelievably disgusting meal cannot unrecommend this restaurant enough Truly, what like it was like, prof- ins- and this was like I don't get meals expensed that often, and this was this was a, like I was very, and I like someone had recently told me a story of they had expensed a meal that was too expensive and they almost got fired from it, so I was really nervous. The bill was like crazy, but I like was trying to order the classics uh, from this restaurant, and one of the classics is like this like seventy dollar fillet, like it's probably a six or eight ounce fillet with a cacio e pepe ravioli on it, and then you're supposed to cut into it, and the cacio e pepe sauce like drizzles all over the steak. One of the most disgusting things in American history. Truly offensive to all food categories involved. It was such a tough steak. I truly felt like I was like in that SNL sketch, that recent one with Edgar Nordum, where she's like, it was like the toughest steak with this like Elmer's glue consistency cacio pepe sauce on it. Oh, it was foul, disgusting. Everything I ate there was bedrooms. It's like this very like kitschy, like supposed to be like weird decor, neon, but also like old new mixing everything. All the cups they have there are unusable. I spilled out all over myself. I ruined a shirt at this restaurant because all the cups are true. Like, I felt like a baby. Like, I couldn't drink from these cups. Wait, I don't understand. What is it about the cup? They're all, like, ri- like they're all like shaped in weird ways. Like, they look like a daffodil or something something beyond stupid. And they're undrinkable. Like, these, and it's all, they're all, like, snow cones. They're all, like, shaved ice that they pour a drink on. This restaurant should be condemned. I like, I'm like, it's unbelievable. This is all off the record, of course, but. <laughs> Wait, it's so crazy because this restaurant is like on every fucking hit list, you know, for New York right now. It has to be on a different kind of hit I, list. <laughs> well, the fucking word bad is in the name of your restaurant. So you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. Four fucking hours. It drives me crazy. Now, Lilia, I have actually never been to and I've always wanted to go, but the. 
I have been successfully intimidated by what people say of like you can't get a table. They're never gonna want to have you there. They're gonna fucking tell you to fuck off. But it seemed like a pretty ple- pleasant experience. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, it was. Yeah, they were really nice, and they like made it. They definitely were more defeatist. I would say, like, Bad Roman was like, "You idiot! You better wait. You better shut the hell up." But like. Like, Lilia, they were like, you're not going to get a table, but you're such a sweetheart for waiting. It was like, bless your heart, sort of. Uh, but they have, like, they, they right. sat me down. I, I actually was nervous editing the video because I was like, I was waiting, but they kept, they kept like bringing me Negronis being so nice. I'm drunk by the end of it. Like, I like could not use a few of the clips at the end. Kieran Culkin was there and he clearly walked right in, of course. But like, I was trying to get like a video of him and I'm like, it's a nightmare. Like, I was clearly drunk by the end. And that's like, I have to keep in oh check with God. it. This series is like, getting drinks while i'm waiting wait so you were trying to get like a like a secret shot of karen culkin there yeah and he, he's for sure not in it but <laughs> i was trying wait and did, did he have a reservation or he just walked in i mean maybe his assistant or hbo called and got him a reservation he probably had something set up but it's funny my friend uh michelle buteau the comedian uh i, I don't know if you if you know her but she, yeah yeah she was in she was in soho and she was with her twins and her husband with the stroller goes to Blue Ribbon and wants to get a table. And they're like, we're so sorry. We have no tables available. Also, we are huge fans of your special. <laughs> and she was like, then, then fucking move a table for me. That's so funny. We, we, like, we truly have talked about that at Grub. as being like, because like Carbone like, has bodyguards. Like If I try and do this, like everyone's like, are you going to do Carbone? And I'm like, no, they like will beat me up. I'm five foot five. They will kill me. Wait, you have to try. You have to try Carbone. I think I have to go with like Drake. Like If anyone can get Drake to go with me to Carbone, I think I'll get a table. We'll see how long the wait is. Maybe we see how long the wait is with varying degrees of, of celebrities. Like maybe I go with Michelle. Maybe I go with Drake. Maybe I go with Robert De Niro and see who is most recognizable, who is most famous to get me a table at Carbone. <laughs> when you go to these restaurants, do you let them know, by the way, I'm doing a story for Grub Street? Or they have no idea. They think you're just some Joe Schmo. Because I could imagine they're like four hours. You say, I'm doing something for Grub Street. They're like, your table's ready. I'm definitely trying to be incognito. And I think the truth is like I'm young looking and gay sounding, so like, oh, he's an influencer. Uh, is assume I, that's what I'm thinking. They're thinking A plus B equals C. Right, exactly. They're like, oh, this like young gay kid. Yeah, he's gonna have a TikTok account. I th- I assume that's what it is. But I because I like have a mic, like I'm using my little mic, but I'm definitely like hiding it. Like I'm trying to hide from the hosts. And there's definitely plenty right. of shots that I uh, have that I'm not using where I like am talking and then I immediately put my phone down because I don't want someone to like hear what I'm saying or be looking at me. But I guess that's also... Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's a little incognito. I like to hear that. Okay, so you have to go to Carbone. Where's the next place you're going to? I don't know if I'm allowed to say. I feel like... But it's a... The New York Times just rated it the number one restaurant in New York. So we'll see if that makes it that hard to get into. Oh, interesting. I think I I think I saw this list. Is it... It's it's like an Asian restaurant that I haven't... Is an, is an Asian restaurant? It's an, no, it's a new... Uh, it's a new chef. It's at Lincoln Center. Uh so, but it's another, which is another like food deserty area, but there's also, we've talked about like, if I do it, if I like do it somewhere and then I'm like in a dense area of restaurants, like, do I get quoted on a wait, get then get quoted on a wait at another hotspot and see which one gets to me sooner. Like there's a lot of avenues where like, we'll see where it's going to go. Yeah. I could see the problem being with a Carbone. If you do, if you actually try to get into Carbone and you do actually get into Carbone and then you post about it then everyone's going to try to get into Carbone. That's my fear is I'm like, am I do- – that's my, like, ethical fear with all of this. I'm like, 
feeling bad for like feeling bad bad Roman I don't give two shit show up and ruin their lives but like Lilia like the hosts were so ni- nice that I'm like oh am I like gonna ruin these host lives by making it seem accessible when it's like totally I made sure to say at the end like I think part of it is like uh, you can't think you're gonna put your name down go get a drink somewhere else and come back and yell at them like I am getting a table at these places because I'm staying there the entire time making myself known in a polite way and like checking in, you know, but I think that like, if you go away, they're just going to forget about you. They throw away that piece of paper, you know, like they remember you because you're there being annoying in a polite way. So if you go to a place and they say, we have no tables, we're not going to have any tables. Are you still going to wait? I, so I think both places try, like both places so far have tried to like, have tried to stonewall me and say no. And I'm like, what if I'm willing to wait? If a place like really says no, then that's the end. And I think that's, that's the whole video. I think it would be a very fun video to just see you loitering outside of the restaurant and just <laughs> go in every half an hour. I'm excited for the vi- the one where I get a table in five minutes. Like I not just because I want to eat dinner, but also like I'm waiting. I'm like, there's definitely some of these places like and there's a few that are on the list where it's like I w- one that like I, I, I might go to. I'm not going to say where, but like. I went on a Monday and got a table in 10 minutes and I'm going to go on a, and I've heard it's impossible to get a table. I got a table in 10 minutes on a Monday, which albeit is a Monday in New York, but my, we, I might go on like a Thursday or Friday for the series. And I'm like the entire time I'll be like, if I'm waiting three hours on a Friday or Thursday or Friday, everyone should know you can get a table here on a Monday in 10 minutes. You know, wait, you can't tell us which place it was. This isn't going to air for a while. That, that one, I don't know if I'm going to do until June, but that place is Claude. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, dude. I they they fucked me at the door there. Really? I I tried. I pulled all of my. I was like, because I'm like an investor in Estella, and that usually opens a lot of doors. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm an investor in Estella. They're like, great. Yeah, no, you can get this. There's this like shit area in the front that is like you're like uh, you're like in the. It's like some sort of like closet area that they just took the door of the closet down and you can sit in there. Um, it's awful. And I was like, uh, no, we're not going to sit here. And they're like, well, we just don't have any room for you. So interesting, though. Did you, Were you in the main dining room or were you in that in the front area? I sat like in that closet. Oh, that's I hate the closet. Yeah, that, and I definitely but honestly, I will say this. It was amazing. I thought everything I had there was incredible. It was so yeah. good. And it's worth sitting in the closet and getting if getting to in 10 minutes i was like yeah i'll sit in the closet if i wait if it's a 10 minute wait but the dining room looks so inviting and fun that i was like fuck that i'm not sitting in this vestibule the thing about (laughs) i will say that restaurant that i like it's funny because i don't i like i i don't think i come off like i work in food media and i sort of appreciate that but i like yeah the waitress like I like kept complimenting their flatware. It's the, I think it's like the most gorgeous flatware I've, like, you don't notice when a restaurant has nice flatware until you notice it. You know, like most restaurants, it's like standard. And then they have unbelievably gorgeous flatware to the point where I think the own, I think he was the owner came over and he was like, so you like the flatware? And I was like, it's amazing. He's like, I'm so happy to hear that I spent way too much on it. I was like, yeah, you can tell because it's gorgeous. I would be very worried that people would steal that flatware. I know, right? Like that's a, people really do. I've never done that, but like, I, if it's unbelievable stuff, it was really hefty. It was stunning. I yeah. like. I'm still thinking about it. My parents steal a lot um, from restaurants. They will, they, but they do it like for keepsakes. Like, oh, we want to remember this restaurant, so we're gonna take their uh, the creamer. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, they have like a whole like little, and then on the bottom they'll write like the name of the restaurant and this and that. I'm like, this is like the cutest form of thievery ever. <laughs> that's so sweet. I like that. I'm trying to think of where I'd want to steal something. I'd want to steal like a gorgeous cup. 
Claude people, if you're listening and you miss, uh, <laughs> you're missing some silverware. Right. Yeah. Keep your eyes. You know out. where it is. I will say the one of the best restaurateurs when it comes to walk-ins is Keith McNally. His restaurants always a tough res, but if you walk in, they will move mountains to just like seat you. It's pretty wild. They're good, like Balthazar and Manetta and those places. Someone recently was making fun of me because I was saying that I like to, I like. I like go to Balthazar. Sometimes I'll go to yoga down the street from there and I'll go to Balthazar by myself after and it like in gross close to the yoga mat. And someone's like, that's so funny that you do that. I was like, I don't think that's funny at all. I think Balthazar is like, I, I think midday, it's not like fine dining that it's, but like someone was like, that's so subversive. I was like, I actually did completely disagree. Like, I think you have a wrong impression of Balthazar. Yeah. Keith McNally likes to keep it so weird and New York y in there that like anything goes right. in a way. Like he, his Instagram is so funny to me. I mean, it's a little unhinged, oh but it's pretty, it's pretty fun. But the best part is he puts in the, uh, like the hostess report, um, of the night, like, and they just go down to exactly what happened, who came in, which A-listers. It's pretty great. But like, they're so random. Like one of them was like, there were three girls at the bar who wanted us to raise the, the volume so they could start dancing. And we obviously obliged. I was like, what is happening at Balthazar? His whole thing about James Corden, honestly, was genius. It was, like, an incredible way of getting people into the door. I, like, I think I went because I was like, yeah, I want to see what's going on here. And I, like, had been recently, but I was like, I want to see what's in the air going on. And it was, it's honestly, like, like, all respect to Keith McNally, it's, like, Trumpian. Like, the way that he's able to control the narrative about his restaurants that are not new. I was like, this is incredible. You're, like, right. going after James Corden, much like, whether he deserves it or not, it's hilarious. What you're doing is hilarious. Yeah. Everyone's paying attention. I'm sure it was impossible to get a table there for the week after. I, I like, it's, like, incredible, like, control of the media. And he just kind of ragdolled. Like, by the end of it, I felt bad for James Corden because he I just know. kept ragdolling him. He'd be like... He was, McNally was like a, he was being like a Roman emperor, like thumbs up, he's okay. And then the next week, like, he's down, he's out, he's not allowed in. And then Corden talked about it on his show. Like, he got like late night press for Balthazar. It's um, a restaurant that's been open for God knows how many years. Like, it's like truly, it was like, it was it's like 20 years. Yeah. Trump level mastery of the press. <laughs> it was, it was pretty great. We can all agree that cottage cheese is disgusting and needs to be banished from any and all fridges. But here's a question. What the fuck is it? Also, why the fuck is it? The origins of cottage cheese can be traced back to ancient times, with evidence suggesting that it was consumed by early civilizations such as the Babylonians and the Greeks. The name cottage cheese is believed to have originated in England during the 1800s when it was made in small batches in people's homes or cottages. There's a fun fact for your dinner party. To make cottage cheese, milk is curdled with the addition of an acidic substance, such as vinegar or lemon juice. The curds are then separated from the whey and rinsed with water to remove any remaining acidity. The curds are then salted and mixed with cream to create a creamy texture. That's all a really fancy way to say it's frickin' curdled milk. Which brings me back to my original thesis. It's fucking gross. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, 
as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. All right, I'm going to get to the questions that uh, I ask every guest, uh, starting with, what is your earliest food memory? I honestly think my earliest food memory has to be something, like, I'm like, what's burned into my memory? It probably has to be something Jewish, like, it has to be, like, like a Passover or a gefilte fish or something like that, just because, like, the repetition of it. I feel like it's finding the afikomen or something like that. I can't imagine anything other than that being that early finding the afikoman is a great earliest food memory I yeah don't think we've had that yet i like because it's like a game it's like there's a reward involved with it i was like oh i remember this okay what is your death row meal let's say you go back to bad roman they say we heard what you said on green eggs and dan and your wait is seven hours and you're like fuck you i don't want your food anyway and you grab the filet with the ravioli shove it in their mouth they start choking on it and boom you're on death row what is your death row meal? I think my death row meal, I I have a true answer, and then I have a, a level below the true answer. The true answer is Alice Norman shallot pasta. That is so good every damn time. And it's got, it like, in the back of your teeth. Wait, what pasta? Alice and Roman shallot pasta. Tell me, a, take me through it. Have you never had it? I think my friend made it once. Is it just, like, more shallots than you think could fit in a... It's just, like, this tomato pasta? paste shallot uh, anchovy pasta. It's so simple. And it was, like the thing like you know march 2020 and i made it and i was like there's no way it could be this good and it's like it's that good every single time and i'm like humiliated and it's this funny thing where i feel like it's like this whisper thing where like you talk to someone about it and they're like yeah it's so good like people are like whispering like hiding the fact they love it like everyone i know is like making it once a week but it's like i've only had it like a hundred times don't tell anyone like no one wants to admit that they've had it this much but honestly it's amazing every single fucking time it's un it's crazy that it's this good when it's the simplest stupidest pasta in the world but then my like second level answer would just be like a very good ragu wait what is so is it like an amatriciana like what is it about the sauce it's just very like it's a little spicy it's like a little it's like a a little spicy but it's also like a little like tangy and sweet uh, the way i describe it is i'm like this is why i'm not qualified to work in food media but do you know when you eat cheese it's and it like makes the back of your teeth tingle mm-hmm. it's like that but like be- but way better okay. where it's like that strong of a flavor zach is going to be uh the next new york times restaurant reviewer exactly with these uh <laughs> descriptors <laughs> and then a ragu like a like a pasta ragu or yeah. like a ragu sauce like a, okay, like a pasta it. ragu or like a bolognese, but I prefer ragu usually. Got it. Um, what is the best high-end meal you've ever had? The best high-end meal I've ever had is, honestly, 
My favorite, at least in recent memory in the city, is Chouquette, which is not that even that high end. But in terms of like popular, Wait, you cut dining, out when you said it. What is it? Chouquette in Chelsea. Oh, Chouquette. Okay, I've never been there. I went and had like ordered like everything and have never been so full in my entire life. But it's like small plates, like you know, like 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 Middle Eastern dishes. It's just incredible, and that's I think like. Maybe not the finest dining I've ever had, but it is amazing. Wait, I know that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Another tough table to get, right? Yeah, I went. I went at like five p.m. when I went. Wow. Um, what's your best uh, low end meal? Honestly, is it just as kind of as a meal? Can it be a single thing? It could be a single thing. A ninety nine cent cone from McDonald's. McDonald's has the best soft serve. Oh, interesting. Is it the best? I uh, think it's amazing. They low key have like they have great coffee. They have great soft serve. Like. It's like, come for the burger, stay for these random <laughs> side things. I've never had their soft serve. There was a summer when I was in high school, we, got, we, would, get, uh, we would get, maybe it was at the, oh, that's inflation. It was, they were 50 cent cones in high school. I remember they were 50 cent cones. And we would every single day get a, a 50 cent cone. Wow. It's, wait, also saying Amazing. that makes me sound like I like, am in like the sand lot. I'm like, me and my buddies, we got a 50 <laughs> cent cone. Okay, that's crazy. <laughs> in my day. Yeah. It was like three years ago. I'm 26. Like, what? <laughs> I was going to ask you if you like the sauce, and but judging by how you get drunk at work, like you told us before, uh, what is your favorite drunk food? This is an inside joke only with myself. No one else is involved in this. I call it America's favorite snack, and it's just Colby Jack cheese and pretzel thins. But like, I will eat like an entire package of sliced Colby Jack cheese, and I'll like rip it to the size of one of those like you know those pretzel th- you know that like pretzel factory whatever it is thins. And I'll like eat an entire package of Colby Jack cheese. And I like usually like to have a thing of sliced Colby Jack cheese in my fridge because I know that when I'm drunk, that is the only thing that I can have that will make me not be hungover in the morning. Wow. Okay. I need to put a finer point on this. Colby Jack cheese. Yeah. So take me through that. Is this like a, is it like a spicy processed cheese that's like in a fun container? fun packaging not not spicy it's like the orange and white you know like marble cheese oh yeah 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 oh weird and then but like sliced like thinly sliced like deli sliced and then i like but i i what like i it's there is a method to it where i take one of those pretzels that's like this is an audio medium but it's you know the size of like say three quarters or three yeah three quarters and then i line it up to the cheese and then i rip the cheese around the quarter. So like usually it like pretty evenly matches the shape of it and like that. And then, but and this is by the way, pretty fine motor skills when I'm drunk, but it's like, this is the most important thing. It's like the taking the pretzel behind it and tracing it to the cheese and then ripping it and then eating it like that. Wow. Which is also in line with your thing of crackers and white stuff. Yeah, exactly. Something with like a pretzel or cracker and white stuff. It, it's that's going to be the sweet spot no matter what. All right, you're hungover. Let's say you couldn't find any Colby Jack cheese. You get hungover. What is your hangover cure? I don't know. I'm the I'm like the worst hungover person in the entire world, but a cure has is probably like a scone. There's a place near me that recently opened a second location even closer to me, and they have this like raisin brand scone. And I the other day was so hungover. And I've been getting this scone like four times a week where I'm humiliated. It's a five dollar scone. I have do not have the means to be getting a five dollar scone four times a week. Uh, but it's an incredible Raisin Brand scone at Winter on Fifth Avenue in Park Slope. And the other day I was so hungover and I went in and I just bought two. And I was like, this is the only thing that will heal me. And I ate both. And I like thought I was going to vomit the entire walk there. And then I ate $10 worth of scones, which was only actually two scones, in like 10 seconds. And I felt perfect immediately after. 
Wow. When I'm hungover, I never really think of baked goods. I'm always like greasy this, greasy that, or a pizza. But um, a scone is very, very civilized. Yeah, you or like uh, bread, hangover. like like or like the like when I was like or like I'll like go and just like eat bread. Like I'll get a baguette and eat half of it. Like I need like bread when I'm hungover. Okay, got it. That makes sense. Uh, who's your favorite celebrity food personality? Alison Roman. Under my breath. Under my breath, I'll say Alison Roman. Not actually. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Alison Roman is she's 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 like acceptable again. It seems she is. She had a. <laughs> I just love that one. No, my my real favorite is Melissa Clark. I love Melissa Clark, and I love in like in the New York. I love her how she just like tr- has been turning it out forever. And I love in the New York Times videos when you can tell that she's being fussy with the crew. You can tell that she's like established. She's older. This is not. She's not around for the bullshit that all these vloggers, the Bon Appetit people, are doing. Because there are times when you can like you can tell that she's over the bullshit. There are so many videos, yeah. and I could even send you links where like she'll be like. You know, you don't need this many bowls for this thing, but my producer said it would look better. And, like, you can tell that everyone in the room rolled her eyes when they said that. Because she's, like, very clearly, like, a nice woman, but she's just Jewish. She's not going to lie. And, like, she clearly is not – she, like, likes being in front of the camera, but hates all the bullshit that's come with, like, YouTube, like, food making. And I, like, yeah. love how rude she can be on camera. She's great. She was on on the show, and she is so delightful. I've always been obsessed with how – She has this very kind of humble, you know, uh, digital food series, but she's always in like a $10 million brownstone. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. The storage she has. She has. There's one video where I was like, actually, the New York Times should take this down, where like it shows her. She like does a kitchen tour. And I was like, this is inaccessible in a way that no, like even like. Elon Musk could not have her kitchen. Like, at the storage, I could not believe it. Everything she has, I was like, this is wrong. I think it's wrong to have this on the internet. Right, in the West Village. It's yeah. Like, she's, like, in the West Village and has, like, a studio apartment is, like, her pantry. <laughs> Wait, like- there's also one video where she's upset that she's in the New York Times test kitchen. She's, like, there's, like, one vi- She, like, it's, oh, the thing is, I'm sure she's, like, beyond lovely, but she's just so honest in this, like, very, like, cavalier way. There's one where she's, like, I don't really like kicking, cooking in the New York Times test kitchen. I was, like, wait, did I do, am I the only one who heard her say this? <laughs> I love that we're, like, she's our favorite food personality, and then we just kind of shit on her, <laughs> but in a fun way. We love you, Melissa. What is your desert island food? So you're trapped on a desert island. One food you're going to have for the rest of your life. You will never get tired of it. Uh, chocolate non If you say cottage cheese. Th- okay, thanks. I was going to say, if you say cottage cheese, this podcast is over. Oh, my God. No, no. Cottage cheese. No, I eat cottage cheese because I'm like, this is like filling and perfect. But those like those chocolate non that you like with the sprinkles. What, what? First of all, why is it called that? It sounds like a medicine. But like. Like, what does non-parel mean? I, I don't want to know, whatever it means. But, like, the little sprinkles, like, the way those little white sprinkles... See, another, like, I'm, I gotta get, get a grip with all these, like, little, like, white things. Uh, but, uh, like, yeah. white cream, white sprinkles, <laughs> whatever it is. But, like, the little chocolate gems with the sprinkles, I love those. I could eat an entire container of those. And I would... That oh would be perfect. Oh, my God. The non pareil. Uh, I don't know why it's called that. But oh, yeah, it's French? Like, to me, it sounds like a like a, I, a nasal decongestant. <laughs> nonpareil. Uh, make sure you check with your doctor before using nonpareil. So these are, which ones are you into? Are you, So you're into the chocolate ones with the with the white? Yeah, with the white, not with the uh, rainbow. No, ra- no, no, God, no, no. Chocolate nonpareils. You can get them at Walmart for 15 bucks a, a package. That's a deal. 
Yeah. What food can't you stand eating? Is there something you hate? So I am really not a picky eater, uh, but the only thing I don't like is a huge category of food. I don't like anything with the soft membrane. Like, I don't like dumplings. I don't like ravioli. Like, I don't like uh, pierogies. Whoa. I don't like gyoza. I'll eat it, but, like, I don't... I the it's And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you're stupid for this. Where, like, I had a memory when I was... Like, I remember this so vividly. I was a kid... And I was eating some sort of like ravioli or dumpling. I don't remember what it was, but something was off my brain. And eating it, I like s- bit through it and scratched my tooth. And the sound of scratching my tooth like made me so upset in that moment when I was a kid that I was like, I swear this off for life. And I to this day, I'm like, I'll eat it. But I just like, there's something about it where like, I just don't like anything that's like this, like, I don't like any soft membrane food. <laughs> First of all, you're taking all the romance out of dumplings by calling them soft membranes. <laughs> that's disgusting. That's, it's but so like, but gross. think about it. That's what this disgusting little treat you're all eating is. No, <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful parcel. Is how I like to think about it. It's a nice little pillow of goodness. It's always a surprise. You don't know what's in there. It's I don't a, like that. A, Reveal yourself. I want to know. Soft membrane food. <laughs> um. Oy, oy, oy. Okay, so last question, uh, which is my favorite question. What is or are your restaurant pet peeves? I I mean, I feel like mine are similar to many others. I hate when a restaurant's too dark. That Come on. like uh, Too dark, huh? I hate too light. Oh, no, no, no. Recently, there's a restaurant that I will not name, but has like ebbed and flowed in quality like crazy over the years. Like when it first opened, it was okay. And then the pandemic happened and they had this like amazing pandemic menu. And then the, the, and then at post pandemic, they got a new menu and the new menu was like disgusting, inedible. And they now have a new chef. I haven't been since they've gotten the new chef, but o- always it was gorgeous on the inside. It was so bright. And they just repainted it to be this like purplish brown, this like disgusting brown. And it's like, I'm not going to go there now. It's dark in there. Like, they've created a dark restaurant, and I liked it when it was, like, bright, and, like, it was, like, light wood, and it was, like, it's, every restaurant in New York is, like, obsessed with being The Handmaid's Tale, and it, we've got to end it. Also, I think it's funny that uh, you, out of politeness, will not name the restaurant. However, you fucking slaughtered Bad Roman for the first 15 minutes of this podcast. A, they're, like, doing, I, this restaurant, I, like, feel like is probably not doing that well, given how many times they've tried to reinvent. Whereas, like, Bad Roman is, like, this giant restaurant in a motherfucking mall like they're doing and it's like right. t- all the tiktokers are like having one bite and then posting a hundred videos about it like i'm willing to <laughs> knock them down a peg okay that's a good pet peeve give me a give me a couple more i have a feeling you're more opinionated than that i don't like it when restaurants don't want to talk to me i always like to ask the waiter what they like obviously and i don't like it when waiters don't want to talk to me i'm like i it's like this is like yeah, I want to have a conversation, especially if it's a restaurant of a certain quality. Like, I want to know what they like. Are you being like excited gay theater kid to the server? Oh, and of course. Like, oh, God, I'm, I yeah, yeah, I'm giving like Denny's <laughs> right after a production of, of Footloose. But still, I want to be like, what's your favorite? I want to know. Like, you eat here. You, I, I've seen the bear. You all do family dinner after. I want to know what you like here. And when someone says to me, I don't know, I don't really like anything here, I'm like, oh, then I'm going to leave. If you don't have, if you don't like something on this menu, I'm going to go home. It's that simple. So like that, I think that's specifically the pet peeve. It's like I say, what's your favorite thing on the menu? And people go, I don't know. I don't really eat here that much. It's like, what? What? You've never that's had crazy. anything on this menu? That's <laughs> um, that's a good one. Although I always feel like it's a weird question to ask the server because I don't know what that server likes. I don't know what their pet peeve is. If you were my server and I was like, what should I get? The salmon or the gyoza? You'd be like, do not fucking get the gyoza they're disgusting but little did i know that a gyoza touched you in the you know when you were 
five years old and you never forgot about it. <laughs> I think I would say if I, uh, well to, I, to be fair, I think I would say something along the lines of like, "Oh, people really love the gyoza, but I love X." Right. I think I would say something <laughs> along those lines. How's the gyoza? Oh, you mean the soft membrane? Yeah, it's a, some people like yeah, the soft just, membrane. Yeah. Not I. <laughs> if you like the way your teeth feel, then don't eat it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Zach, uh, you are delightful. You're fighting the good fight. I absolutely love your content. In fact, I was trying to search for the, uh, what is it called again? The, the it, waiting for tables? Impossible tables. Impossible tables. It needs to be organized better because it just like comes up willy-nilly in Twitter on the Grub Street thing. But like, I feel like there needs to be a place where I can just go and watch them all because I didn't know that there were only two and I just kept searching for more. I was like, I need more of this. And it's I so funny. Find... People keep thinking I've been doing them forever. I'm like, no, this is brand new. I'm very like po- delighted and pleased with how people are reacting. But people have been like, oh, how long have you been doing this? I'm like, one month. But uh, we, we are going to be building out like a page on the website, I believe, to like put them all in one place. Okay, great. I highly recommend it. It's so much fun. You have a, like, I mean... You all hear his personality. So at the restaurant, he like talks to people who are waiting. It's very, very fun. Um, Zach, thank, thank you, very, you much. very much. Tell the people where they can find you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Zach Schiffman or I guess on at Grub Street. Uh, and on Twitter, if anyone is still on there, at Schleif. What a bummer. What a badge of honor I had in my blue check and now it's gone. Uh, but at Schleif on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, blue check mark. Um, all right, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.